This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. After legendary singer Neil Young forced the audio streaming giant Spotify to remove his music in protest of Joe Rogan's podcast, Several other musicians have joined suit, Joni Mitchell and India Irie among them. The musicians are angry over Spotify's refusal to hold Rogan accountable for spreading misinformation and disinformation, especially related to the COVID-19 pandemic, on his wildly popular podcast, which has an exclusive deal with Spotify. But musicians have long protested Spotify for putting profits ahead of principles. The Union of Musicians and Allied Workers has been demanding just pay scales from the streaming platform for years. We turn now to Zach Nessel-Pat. He is an organizer with the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers. Welcome to the program, Zach. Uh, good to be here. So first, tell me, do you feel that what Spotify has been doing in allowing Joe Rogan to spread his lies is consistent with the way in which this company has treated musicians? It's consistent in that what they're doing always comes down to profit, right? So, you know, they're sitting in a room somewhere looking at the spreadsheets of who's on their platform and making decisions based on what's going to give them the most money and sort of um, not really caring about much, much beyond that. Right. So this is essentially a matter of Joe Rogan bringing in a huge number of um, subscribers to Spotify and Spotify making a decision that uh, it's not worth it for them to either cut his podcast or ask him to tone it down. Um, now, I want to, of course, spend the majority of our time on what musicians have been going through, but uh, just staying on this issue because it's in the news for a bit. What do you make of the fact that Rogan and Spotify have responded? Uh, some are casting what Rogan has said as an apology. Spotify has said that it will be changing the standards that he has to abide by. Yeah, I, I don't make uh, I don't make much of it, mainly because of how little it affects the musicians, um, especially the sort of working class musicians uh, struggling at the bottom of the Spotify ecosystem. Um, you know, we, we applaud Neil Young and, and the musicians who are able to take individual action and pressure Spotify um, for various things, uh, including treating artists fairly. Um, but, you know, we, we know that making structural change will require um, a much larger collective power uh, of musicians coming together and demanding something. You know, we all aren't Neil Young and, and Joni Mitchell with massive fan bases um, to, to sort of pull and hold uh to to get what we want so you know what we're looking at is, is coming together as working class musicians and sort of collectively demanding the change that, that we want to see and you know who's on uh spotify this person or that person you know they, they still pay 0. 0.003 cents per stream uh they still have sweetheart deals with labels that only certain people can access um you know the, all of our problems still exist so let's talk about that. Um, for those who just aren't aware that Spotify mistreats musicians, you know, who have an account with Spotify, who listen to all their favorite musicians, including independent artists on Spotify, how do you explain to them 
what a musician gets from Spotify. You know, someone, I imagine you are a musician, you create, you know, this is a labor of love for you. Obviously, this is your vocation. You put your, uh, your soul into your music, you put it on Spotify and say you have a viral hit and a million people listen to it on Spotify. Maybe users imagine you're getting a bit big fat check. Are you? Uh, no. <laughs> really, we're not. And the best way that I can explain uh, sort of the, the, the pay structure of Spotify is people who I look up to and people who, you know, I want to mold my career on um, are, aren't making any money on Spotify. So this is, you know, best case scenario in my music career, I reach this level. And at that level, they aren't making any money so negligible that some of them have told me that they don't even account for it. It's just, you know, just flows in and it's not even worthy adding it to their uh, annual accounting because it's, you know, literal dollars. And, you know, that makes sense. A million streams sounds like a lot, but if you're only making 0.003 cents per stream, uh, you know, at first glance, that might also seem like a lot, but then are you with a label? That label might take 70% of that or 50% if you're lucky. And then how many people are in the band? Are you splitting that with another songwriter, uh, a, a you know, three-person band, a four-person band? So it really starts to trickle down. And then, you know, are you, do you have a manager that you need to pay out? Do you have, um, you know, other people on your team to help you be a successful musician that take a, a cut of that as well? So when it really comes down to the bottom of the musician, it's, it's really, really peanuts. And you know, the people who are making substantial money are um, having tens of millions, hundreds of millions or billions of plays on, on Spotify annually. And that's a very small percentage of the folks that are doing it. And, you know, a lot of people look at that and say, well, that makes sense. You know, only certain musicians should be successful and make a bunch of money on on uh, on selling the music. And, you know, that's that's fair. And I understand that. But you know, we're, we're talking about people who have long and established careers of being financially viable and successful, who now in streaming are, are not, and who for the first time in maybe 20 years are uh, trying to find other ways of paying the rent or paying the mortgage or supporting their kids when, uh, you know, record sales used to do that. And now Spotify comes along and, and dashes all hopes they have of uh, financial um, stability. Uh, I'm not an expert on how the music industry works, so please stop me if I'm wrong, but it, it used to be, I think, that you would get, uh, as a musician, you know, cassette tape or CD sales, record sales, CD sales, etc. And then it sort of transitioned where musicians were basically making most of their money off of, say, live music performances. And then, of course, two years ago, we had a pandemic that put a near end to live music performances, forcing most artists to rely on streaming services like Spotify. But of course, you could get a million plays on Spotify and maybe if you're lucky, a $50 check from those million plays. Um, how did the pandemic exacerbate the problems that streaming services um, were putting musicians through? Yeah, so it, it, it's important to, to note that the rise of streaming um, as the, the, the formal replacement for physical media sales is why musicians became so wholly reliant on touring as, as an income. I see. Uh, and then, you know, because no one's buying records at, at the same level that they were uh, even, you know, 10, 10 years ago. 
And then the, the pandemic came along and honestly, it was, it was catastrophic for, for everyone I know. Uh, it was just like a wholesale um, overnight uh, crash of, of everything we were doing. Uh, and it was really, it, it, it's hard to, to sort of, and I'm sure this is felt all over in a lot of different industries and, and personally as well and emotionally as well. But, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, unequivocally disastrous for, for musicians. And, you know, I, I think from that is, is where uh, the Union of Musicians and Allies Workers, the organization I'm, I'm a part of, came from. And, you know, uh, once, <laughs> once it, it happened and we were all grounded, you know, we, we had time uh, for maybe once in our life to, to talk to each other and spend time and, and discuss our issues. And that, that, you know, the silver lining is, is we were able to find community and find solidarity and, and build, uh, you know, grassroots organizing together well, and spotify you know. says that it pays the holders of of the music rights right so they wouldn't necessarily it just isn't their business model to pay an individual musician because there are millions of musicians so they work with companies who own the rights or license the music to spotify and so it, it feels as though they're sort of claiming that there is this um, that's just not their responsibility to ensure that individual musicians are paid well, that it's really the responsibility of the record companies and distributors. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I, I think that's a smokescreen. Um, you know, I, I do think that the, the major labels, right, the major uh, rights holders are pretty happy with Spotify. Uh, and it speaks to this sort of large issue that, that we have with with the structure of the streaming economy, which is basically it only works and only functions at scale. Um, you know, if you are an artist, right, and you have uh, 100,000 monthly listeners, you're doing okay, uh, that's, that's a lot, but that's probably not enough to, you know, quit all your jobs and, and just live on your, uh, on your income. But if you're a label and you have 20 artists that have 100,000 or with a major label, they have, you know, 10,000 artists with their back catalog making millions of streams, you know, then it really starts to add up and the labels are making millions and millions of dollars every day from Spotify. And uh, part of what we're asking is a, a reconfiguring of the payment model. Right now, everything is paid out, you know, directly proportionally to the stream number. So if you get one stream, you get, uh, you know, your proportional percentage from all the streams that happen in Spotify. And, you know, again, at first glance, that kind of makes sense. But, you know, imagine uh, any other business working that way. Imagine going into a record store and you buy a record and instead of paying the price for the record, which then goes to the artist, uh, you're, you're paying a percentage based on what they sell, right? So if, if you're the only person that buys that record that month because you really like that band, uh, you know, that artist isn't getting the $20 for the, for the album sale. They're getting you know, whatever percentage of sales that got in comparison to Beyonce and Ed Sheeran. And that's how it works on, uh, on Spotify. So, you know, your monthly subscription cost goes proportionally to the people who are getting the most streams, which is, you know, Drake, Ed Sheeran, and Justin Bieber. And, you know, for a lot of independent artists, and, and this is why we've lost so much income with streaming, is we have developed dedicated followings who purchase and listen to our music. And that is not something that is rewarded 
in the streaming economy because it's all strictly proportional and the income because it's so low can only function at mass mass scale zach do you feel that these sorts of models the spotify model has impacted music as a whole if artists are not able to make a living and you know brilliant artists that people simply haven't heard of because it's hard to break in now cannot make a living i imagine they're going to turn away from music even if they might be god's gift to the music world um does that end up not only shattering the dreams of musicians but also just kind of not um giving listeners great options yeah i i mean that that's such an important point and i think that this is as much a listener issue as it is a, a musician issue if the only thing that makes money in spotify is major pop acts you know what what are we going to be listening to in 10 years and i think it's it's even worse as you go further out from that you know like central economic um sort of lightning rod of pop and you know what happens to classical music what happens to tahano music what happens to uh, appalachian bluegrass music you know the more niche you get the more dedicated the fan following and if those people can't make money they're going to stop doing it and i think one one other important point that we've talked about a lot is that this reinforces already existing barriers um for class and and race to get into and be successful as a musician uh cuz if if you need a huge amount of money in order to make this happen you know what does that mean for who can access that right. there was an interesting article in the atlantic uh, recently I, i don't know if you've seen it uh, by ted joya um called is old music killing new music uh, old songs now represent 70% of the us music market even worse the new music market is actually shrinking and uh you know spotify maybe a uh, playing uh, according to the author a big role in this yeah I I I think so and I and I think this also speaks to the the streaming structure right so if everything is paid out by stream you know not only if you release new music are you competing with the artists of the day but you're competing with every artist who has ever lived mm. and you know Michael Jackson is still getting a, a percentage of the money that you know somebody pays out when they listen to my band and collectively again the major labels own the three major labels own this huge share of um you know all recorded music of all time and with this scale uh and with how spotify works that's how they get so much money and that's why i think why you see all these big artists selling their catalogs um because they're trying to cash out before they uh pass away and people and these are just random ball street investment bankers you know these are not musicians or even music companies are trying to bank in because they know how successful an investment old uh recorded music is wow so tell me about the work that your organization the united uh musicians um union of musicians and allied workers has been doing to demand justice specifically via spotify that is uh you know the the dominant uh, company in the news these days and it dominates the industry as well i understand that it, was it a year ago that uh, you had uh, mass protests in cities around the country spotify responded with a web 
website loud and clear. Give our uh, audience who might not have heard about that a snapshot of what happened last year. Yeah, so uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, sort of at the onset of the union musicians and allied workers, uh, it became clear that that Spotify was going to be um, a, a campaign. And we started the Justice at Spotify campaign to sort of take on and, and raise awareness about the inequities that I've been talking about and try to galvanize support um, at this grassroots working class level of musicians who um, are, are really struggling. And, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of success. We've had over 30,000 signers onto our petition asking for one cent per stream, um, a user-centric payment model and transparency. Um, Spotify is, is notoriously opaque in everything that they do. Um, the deals that they make with labels, how their payment structures work, how their algorithms work, what they do with their data. Um, this uh, writer, Liz Pelly, has been doing this series of, of uh, journalists to pieces about data use in, in Spotify. And it's, it's pretty scary, as, as all the tech companies are. Um, so we started this campaign just as at Spotify and uh, have been slowly working at, at sort of uh, chipping away at, I, I, I think, the veneer of Spotify. Because Spotify has framed itself as the savior of, of music. And, you know, I think that, that really... Uh, wrong wrong for a lot of us where we see it as the death knell of, of music and i think a lot of our work has been focusing on that and sort of pointing to to the facts that spotify is, is really doing damage to the lives of musicians and uh the music economy at, at a whole and I, as you mentioned march i think 15th of last year we held uh 15 uh in-person protests at spotify offices around the world uh, which was really successful and, and a really uh, amazing experience to, to see musicians organize in, in that way. And we're, we're continuing the work and, you know, we're looking to the future and examining ways uh, that, you know, Spotify can do better and ways that the music industry can, can be more equi equitable for musicians. And uh, tell me what about uh, Spotify's response loud and clear, this website um, and how your organization, uh, Union of Musicians and Allied Workers responded? Yeah, so uh, it, it was incredible that we were able to sort of force a response from Spotify, who um, has basically not uh, responded to any uh, inequity um, outreach in any like a, a publication. But they like put up this website, you know, two days after our protest and saying that it wasn't related, but, you know, obviously it was. And it was just all of the same responses that we've heard uh, sort of bundled into one uh, one site, which is don't blame us, blame the labels, even though Spotify is the person that makes the choice of how much they pay. Um, you know, pointing to how many people do make money from uh, Spotify, but then, you know, not counting that, uh, you know, maybe that's split between five people in a band. So, you know, what is $10,000 a year split five ways? Um, and, you know, just sort of these point by point uh, obfuscations and misdirections about uh, about what they do and, and and how they work. Finally, Zach, what do you uh, what would you like for our audience to do if they are music lovers? They hate the idea. Maybe they're independent musicians themselves. They hate the idea that that Spotify has dominated this industry, squelched the aspirations, the, the work of musicians. Um, are there alternatives? Are you calling on people to boycott Spotify, uh, et cetera? 
Yeah, I, we're not calling for for a boycott or, or a strike. Um, you know, Spotify is still where a lot of us are forced to to sell our labor and to um, find new audiences. And the the amount of power that they hold is is pretty huge. And and until we have um, you know an, an organized mass of collective power, uh, you know, we're we're not calling for a boycott or or a strike. Um, but, you know, I think mostly people should just be mad. I think they should be angry that Spotify is taking away the livelihood of artists that they like and long term taking away the viability of entire genres of music. Um, you know, do you want your listening choices to be uh, Justin Bieber or Justin Bieber lookalike? You know, because that's the direction that we're headed, because those are the only people who are financially viable on, on it. And you know, I think most concretely, to support musicians is to purchase physical wares. And that's uh, albums, that's tickets, that's uh, merch, that's, you know, or cassettes. Even, can they even buy um, songs on online? Yeah, I, iTunes still does downloads. Mm -hmm. um, Bandcamp is probably the best place to, to do all that. Uh, Bandcamp.com is sort of the... And that allows for, for more of, of the users purchase actually going toward the artist. Yeah, way more, yeah. way more. And uh, hopefully someday the pandemic will be over. Live music might be back. <laughs> um, and give out, give out a website for uh, UMAW. Unionofmusicians.org. And we'll post a link to that from our website as well. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck to you. Snally, thank you. My guest has been Zach Nessel-Pat. He's an organizer with the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Apple Music. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.